welcome everyone to your She-Hulk podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me is my co-counsel, Pete. Hello, Pete. We got a wedding fight! The She-Hulk podcast by Fantastic Geek for She-Hulk Attorney at Law, Episode 6. Just Jen is brought to you by DJ and Chattable Hulk. Uh, Pete, uh, glad to be partying here with you on this, the first uh, She-Hulk Friday. Uh, of course, a little room made courtesy of Andor hitting Disney Plus this past week and uh, ahead of our our modest sit down for the Andor podcast that we'll be uh, having tomorrow as we discuss the first, no, the first and the second, nay, the first, second and third episodes of Andor in that three episode drop that it had. Yes, have been anticipating this discussion for some time. So if you're hearing this and you haven't gotten us your thoughts just yet, make sure that you do that. Ahead of Matt, our Lower Decks 305 podcast already halfway through the season on Star Trek Sundays. And looking forward to that discussion in a in an episode that I think is is just a great example of the funny, zany, but also at times heartfelt and bittersweet. Um, it's just it what 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 a joy that show is. Three different flavors as we podcast this weekend. Uh, but you know, having fun with lower decks. Can't wait to talk more Andor. Uh, but I think Pete, now let's officially dive into She Hulk. One more outburst and I'll hold you in contempt. A gaudy box greets Jennifer Walters, who gets a face full of confetti as she opens it to be asked if she'll be a bridesmaid, spilling glitter all over her floor. Great fake out, Matt. There's not a daredevil helmet inside it. Uh, Indeed. In moments, we will have expectations set for that. Pete, the the prize a little farther away here uh this of course is from lulu pete you call it gaudy i say uh heartfelt maybe a little over the top i don't know uh but nikki is there she wants to see the super suit that was made not just the kind of you know business wear attire um there's also a fun dress that's been thrown uh into the mix here which is a handy way of dressing our character our, our dual characters of uh jen and she hulk for the remaining episodes um and it is mentioned that uh lulu is an old friend and jen had to say yes one of those you know social situations where you gotta go to the wedding even though maybe jen doesn't want to and thus it opens the possibility of story here yes uh jen thinks that uh, lulu felt obligated to ask her to be a bridesmaid uh, she also hates that Mallory has to pick up her slack at work. So we're doing dual duty here, uh, with our exposition. Uh, but that divorce case that they're going to work on Mallory and Nikki will give them an opportunity to work closer. The fourth wall break tells us it's a self-contained wedding episode. If you think, this is an inconvenient time in the season for that. You're right, because that's how weddings always are. Classic Kevin Feige there. The tension of 
wanting the thing but giving us Pete something that I think we nonetheless enjoyed. Uh, we cut to She-Hulk walking up to the pre-wedding uh, festivities, probably your rehearsal dinner type thing, looking great in the dress. Pete, I'd like to share an observation. They did not skimp on the visual effects for this scene. Uh, everything looks fine here. Yeah, and you think of the challenge, too, and you think of how much they'd been criticized over the effect shots. And, you know, we've talked ad nauseum about the criticism of, uh, you know, Marvel Studios and the amount of effects work that they farm out and the demands and the, the short time that they give. So to have this done to make it look as real as it does, I, I think kudos to everybody involved. We get some visual clues that Lulu is not happy to be upstaged. I think understandably seeing as how it is her wedding to someone uh, where the story does not need to particularly tell us who she's marrying, I guess. Um, in a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Jen in She-Hulk form, uh, she says as much. She's not appreciating the She-Hulk presence here. Visual effects continue to be wonderful. Uh, Lulu hugs Jen, hugs She-Hulk. It's a bit of an awkward height, but uh, there they are, bonded in sisterhood. Yes, title card, just Jen, attorney at law, chef's kiss. Jen asks Lulu about the groomsman she's paired with. Lulu insists they wouldn't leave her hanging. She's going to be walking with Jonathan, who will be at the ceremony tomorrow. Oh, the other bridesmaids say... He's the best. Pete, back at the law firm, Mallory, Book, and Nikki, of course, are working with Mr. Immortal, who might look to you, Pete, like a Twi'lek without tentacles. Dave Pasquizi here, continuing yes. his... Uh, there we go. You know, I'm, I'm watching it, and it just it eluded me, and I didn't want to look him up. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's pithier. And and who, Matt, other than him, could play uh, who's originally telling Mallory his name is Craig Hollis, this uh, bisexual, immortal, uh, superpowered person? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, look, we've known all along this is an action comedy. This whole storyline amping up the comedy here. He's there with a divorce situation. Uh, he's tried marriage, tried to make it work. He's tried many times with lots and lots of marriages. Things do go stale. Uh, that whole, you know, end of relationship divorce conversation is tough to have, especially he mentions when there are weird pajamas in play. So instead of talking to his wife, uh, or at least one would assume most recently, um, he tried to kill himself, uh, but he's immortal and can't die. Well, he kind of dies legally, but not completely. Pete, he swears he's a nice guy. He thinks it's the most considerate way to end marriage, Matt. And in an episode of this action comedy that on both ends, the wedding and the divorce deals with that and savages men everywhere in between. Uh, can you think of an episode of TV about a wedding in which the groom never appears. Uh, that is definitely a tough one to come by. 
So like that and then the commentary made uh, through the intelligentsia uh, plot thread, you know, started once um, Mr. Immortal decides to end this meeting. Uh, indeed, uh, he does not like that they're uh, they're digging pretty deep into his situation and so forth. He jumps out of the window, lands on a car, but he's fine. Flourish for Mr. Immortal. We head back to the wedding where uh, Lulu wants to catch up with Jen again. Jen shares the GLK and H aspect of her career, got superpowers now. No, 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 Lulu says, uh, are you dating someone? Um Wants to know about a man, Matt. Is there a man in your life? Again, the story trying to to nudge the viewer to understand, hey guys, this is satire right now. Uh, Titania arrives. uh, Shocking moment. Uh, Titania says she's here simply as a friend of the groom. uh, And Lulu is so enamored with Titania, who has like, 5,000 businesses. Uh, Jen is suddenly being very loud, and Lulu thinks that Jen is being insane. Uh, Pete, I have to admit, this is when when my wife said, ooh, there's some mind control going on. I was like, ooh, I'm going to keep track of the mind control storyline here, which maybe does not pan out for the episode. Outside, Jen stuffs her face with candied nuts when a man sits next to her. He's Josh, and they hit it off before Lulu rushes out to tell her that half the event staff is, air quotes, quitting because of how she's treating them and asks if Jen can help clean up, you know, some empties, things like that. And she needs, Lou does, Josh's help inside. But they'll see each other again later. Back to GLK and H, uh, the wives of Mr. Immortal are all there. A former husband. And husband. Too. Oh, absolutely. Which was, a, you know what? I mean, look, it was a nice, I think it's an easier writing job to go, ooh, all the wives. No, throw a husband in there, man. It's Mr. Immortal. Clearly, he, clearly, clearly he's open-minded enough to leave these people in the, in the lurch. Why not explore whatever? And the in your former heart? Mr. Immortal as well. <laughs> uh, how were they all made aware of Mr. Immortal's pattern of behavior? Pete, some really inspired writing here as one woman just shares in passing. She got a video from Intelligentsia. We all go, oh, that's like, you know, some MCU, like, you know, BuzzFeed News or TMZ or whatever. Not knowing, Pete, that they're setting up, okay, the tail end of this season and so forth and episodes ahead and all of that. Really, really uh, nice job there. Well, Mallory uh, checking with that wife uh, is the one that's that website for the hateful man babies, isn't it? That's the one. Uh, Nikki circles the website name on her legal pad, put a mental pin in that one for later. Uh, the woman saw the man in the video get hit uh, in an intersection and recognized her idiot husband, Roger. The legal team confer, I think for the purposes of an action comedy, legal comedy, they turn around and one assumes the other side can't hear them um they do note that the spouses could be filing criminal charges so 
kind of settling in a civil situation here, certainly preferred. Mallory Book will get the best result, uh, but Mr. Immortal is going to have to pay and pay a lot to make all these problems go away. On the wedding day, Jen is in her big bridesmaid dress, clearly cut out for a She-Hulk, but remember the promise she made. But Matt, the groomsmen, have wrinkled their shirts playing Mario Kart, and apparently Jen has been placed on ironing duty. They really put the maid in bridesmaid. We get the reveal that her uh, aisle mate, Jonathan, is a dog. Pete, a very little dog, but a handsome dog. Okay, no jokes here about... Well, uh, they resuscitated him that morning. He's got the tongue hanging out. There's been several, mm -hmm. like, influencer dogs who have had, like, medical problems that have that... It, it's cute, but the tongue sticking out is a sign that these dogs have had some issues. This was a point in the episode where I was wondering, you know, are they setting up like part two, like I had said before, is there mind control or is all this being done to embarrass Jen? Um, I just want to point out, I guess not. I guess it's all for laughs and all that. It's not a complaint, just, um, you know, kind of banging a bit against the reality of the situation. But Jen certainly gamely going along with everything. Uh, we go back to GLK and H, where Mr. Immortal offers splitting up those 1980s Apple shares, uh, along with some other baubles here and there. Nice, simple math, divided by eight ways, and we're done, right? But one wife wonders how that is equal and some of the uniqueness of their situation. You know, how long were they married? Who had a child with him and so forth? Uh, that seems at, uh, oh, roughly the midpoint to foul up what could have been a solution and to keep it going for the second half of the episode. At the reception, it's our boy, DJ Inchettable Hulk. Jen hits the cash bar and doubles down, Matt. Besides, what else is she going to do for the next four hours? Cue walking on broken glass. Um, indeed. Intercut with that is Nikki cutting the nitty-gritty deal uh, as things get set the way they should be. Really a great opportunity here to show Nikki doing her thing. Uh, the deal gets made. It's well done, and the spouses applaud Nikki. Uh, so we're getting some progress there. As does Mallory here. Her work called unconventional and excellent. Great moment there in support of uh, Nikki uh, by Ginger Gonzaga. Back at the wedding, Pete, the first sense that, I won't say disparate, that sounds negative, but various story threads uh, that the season has laid out. They're going to start to be pulled together in the barest way here as Jen is checking in with Bruce, who hasn't been around lately for months or weeks or days uh she acknowledges it's a bit of a blur and I, I have to admit like where are we at in story time oh it's a blur for her cool it's a blur for me it's been a while okay when will we see him again josh is back uh and jen somewhat uh, inebriated notice, uh, notes that his parents gave him a good name uh and it's also observed that he's got a good face yes they gave him that too um, she just wanted to come to one wedding, though, and show she's doing pretty good. You know, wiring the law and such. 
uh, show off that She-Hulk hair, which she's not allowed to do here again, having promised Lulu. She just wanted to be amazing tonight. But Josh thinks she's pretty great. Uh, Oh, no, Matt. It's happening. Cut to her vomiting outside. Uh, So there's that moment there. Uh, And who's there to help her? It's Titania patting her on the back, then punching her and punching her quite far. Uh, Titania is going to publicly destroy Jen, she says. Why won't Jen turn into She-Hulk? Jen, still in Jen form, throws a punch, still inebriated, of course, and falls down at the attempt. Uh, We get some uh, Jamila Jamil pouting here, pouting as Titania. Why won't you be She-Hulk? Why are you ruining ruining everything for Titania? Oh, boo-hoo-hoo. Jen tries to turn here and her shoes pop off, but then says she forgot how to do it. And I was wondering at this point, are they going to do the Bruce I can't change, which never really got addressed type of thing and they actually kind of do that they never addressed how he truly figured it out and she just in another minute transforms off camera as matt likes to point out <laughs> it's, it's the least uh, expensive way the least expensive way and then is fully in she hulk mode stomps on the patio there sending titania into the uh wine country uh, venue. Uh, Josh smiles at Jen and uh, she waves back quick, but we got a wedding fight. It's electric. <laughs> There's some good hits there. It's a, it's a nicely choreographed fight here. As things turn against Titania, she starts to uh, ask why everyone's recording it. Uh, and of course, earlier in the fight, when some ice was spilled on the dance floor, we see Titania all of a sudden falling on the ice, a hard hit, uh, her teeth askew as she notes damage to her veneers. Why are you all recording this? No, no, no. I'm out of here. Uh, and she leaves. Lulu, uh, you know, clad in white, arrives. Is that She-Hulk at my wedding? She drunkenly slurs. Uh, Pete, it's all good. Uh, they share a hug. And I'm going to note, Pete, that there's some complimentary female to female observations that uh, are are great. And I don't think we need to dive into it too much. Yes. She's happy that she Hulk is there. We all anticipated the bridezilla's rage doesn't go that way, but she got she Hulk and her huge friends at her wedding. Back at GLK and H Mallory and Nikki are sharing a drink in victory. Uh, we get some Mallory backstory here. She's been married 11 years. Whoa, had no idea, says Nikki. You know, got married the day after her son's birthday. Wow, so she's a mom too. Uh, not too much gets shared because they see on Intelligentsia. You know, Nikki makes a makes a profile and such. Uh, there's a She-Hulk article. Then there's all sorts of internet hate, including death threats. Mallory says, these are just trolls, so ignore them. A rather meta moment here. Uh, And Nikki promises that she will not share it. Okay, fine. In the car, Nikki leaves a long message uh, for Jen telling her all about it. Revealed towards the end of that sharing, as you said, Pete, that it is a message. Uh, She says, love you so much. Aw, yay, sisterhood and all that. Uh, But why is it that it must be a message? 
We go back to Jen at the wedding, enjoying some French fries with Josh, uh, you know, the phone off sort of thing. Then apparently being observed as the camera pulls out to creepy lab and such. We see the bent needle, which Pete, if you did not remember the bent needle from a couple episodes ago, luckily the previously on She-Hulk reminded you of that as well as interest in her blood. We see a new needle being prepped and it's reiterated that there is the desire to get to her blood. Your Honor, may I approach the bench? May I approach the bench? It's time to step aside and approach the bench to discuss some off-the-record theories. You be the judge. All right, Pete. We're coming to the point in the season. We're coming to the point in the Marvel uh, Studios calendar when I need to start to cover my bases here. Is Josh a scroll? I don't think he's a scroll. I'm worried he's a plant to make this uh, plan go down. The the hulking that sends the message here that's seen on the lab computer uh, is the next phase of the plan ready to go. Um, you can see that there is it's either a surveillance photo or it's a surveillance feed of Jen and Josh. Seems a little convenient that he winds up there. He doesn't have a plus one, yada, yada, yada. I mean, Matt, I'm I'm not ruling Lulu out at this point. Uh, is Lulu a scroll? No, I won't. Well, eh, it could be. Uh, also, just throwing there, is Josh Mephisto? Okay, probably not there. Um, <laughs> well, listen, there, we had Mephisto news this week, Matt. We indeed we did. Do you want to share that with everybody, Pete? Yes, so uh, toy company Hasbro, which has the Marvel license to make uh, six-inch action figures and uh, the like, um, they launched a uh, HasLab, which is kind of like their crowdfund level. They're doing a um, Ghost Rider uh, car which is pretty cool. You can actually put, uh, there's attachable flames and they light up. But what the uh, program is known for is the tiers at certain numbers for their backers. And the first tier is inspired because it is a Marvel Mephisto action figure. So, so they usually do things for current entertainment. So ergo, Lulu and or Josh and maybe even Titania and also uh, the goat that Madison met are all Mephisto. Mephisto confirmed. Got it. Um, we're told obviously up front that this is a self-contained episode. Okay. Towards the end, a little bit less so, but I think it's clear kind of what is, what is the to be continued portion? I guess actually off the top of my head, was maybe this last scene a post credit scene? I don't know. I don't. I don't know how that works or does not work. But I guess what I'm trying to say, Pete, is with with the episodes left that we have, what's that? What's that arc look like based on what we get from this episode? How much will the the desire to get her blood plot? You know, where's that? So let's start there. What what does that look like? Does that propel us for the next three episodes? I mean, listen, that we got it in the very first episode that she turns B 
because some of Bruce's blood gets into her bloodstream. And then to have it checked for us by Bruce, okay, I've analyzed your blood. We can't let it get out anywhere. Even though if there's a one, one millionth chance this happens again, all right, I've just lasered it. And now I'm out of the story because I have urgent business elsewhere in the universe and I can't talk right now for an indeterminate amount of time. If he even comes back to this story, I, I think, you know, that is a possibility that he doesn't return to this. Um, clearly, the blood was set up. And then given the half hour action comedy format, you got to keep the story and the ha-has coming. So, you know, to think, Matt, that in six episodes, which is nearly traditionally what we've gotten out of these Marvel Studios shows, uh, WandaVision being the only difference, and again, a lot of similarities in terms of uh, the two shows. Okay, they've set this up now. We introduced the reintroduction of uh, a holdover character from the Marvel Netflix era in the previous episode. You, nobody said you had to get him this week. They gave us that. We all still watched it. Uh, I like think a lot of us enjoyed it, myself included. And uh, yeah, like, okay, it, it's okay to have fun with that and to say this is self-contained. And uh, yeah, like the only thing that would have been better is, hey, I know you tuned in from for old Hornhead, but it's my show. Yeah, and I think I have to think that that line was pitched at some point. I think we've already gotten a version of that with Wong, and I also wonder too. Like, it's always worth remembering as we watch these shows, in terms of our level of fandom. You, Pete, me, and the listeners as well. Um potentially there are younger people or and or uh, that's and slash or not the last name of Cassian but I digress uh presumably there are people watching this show for whom the introduction of Daredevil next week question mark that will be their first introduction to you know MCU Daredevil live action Daredevil whatever it might be uh so in that Marvel everything is always flowing as a beginning a middle and an end um, it's a beginning of Daredevil that we got, and therefore there needs to be, I don't know, he just can't be randomly thrown in, because for some people it'll, it'll be presumably a grand, you know, a grand introduction for a character that's going to impact the MCU for years and years to come. Though we've seen it in marketing, and remember that the uh, production people, the creatives, and marketing, they are almost always not involved, the slight exception is something like a baby Yoda Grogu, uh, you know, hands off for any promotional purposes. But we've, we've seen the super suit that is mentioned in this episode. So when we don't see it, even though it's already out there, okay, this thing, but by the way, she also says, I'm never going to wear that. I don't have an occasion for, so we're going to build that eventually either with this, uh, you know, crisis in terms of somebody coming after her blood with a now even bigger syringe uh, or 
uh, Daredevil on the scene. Well, I think that's what I'm starting trying to get my head wrapped around a little bit in terms of. I feel like with MCU stuff, generally speaking, let's, let's talk about the movies for a second. There's always that point where you kind of go, oh, now we've entered the last act where it's like a good army versus a bad army. And some people are on the ground and some people are flying and there's a there's a beam and there's lasers and like that sort of thing. So with this as a show, like we're getting to the last third. When does that start to take place? Like I much as I thought Daredevil would show up this week, okay, fine, subvert expectations, et cetera, et cetera. You know, how much of him are you going to use? On the one hand, you go, it's lawyer plus lawyer, and he's going to be in at least his own show and 18 episodes of that, let alone presumably show up in Echo, perhaps even sooner. Oh, that means there's going to be a lot of him in this. Um, but then you think back, how, you know, how many episodes of uh, Hawkeye was Yelena in? Was it two or three you know it's it, it wasn't a ton yeah, just about um and maybe one of those was the silent introduction you know just point being there wasn't a ton of her so could we do that for daredevil as well and get the fight and then they meet in court and it's like wait it's you wait it's you you know or something like that and it could point being the daredevil stuff could be not the 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 um the drink itself but the 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 merest little little sip to get us uh you know anticipating for more in the future i it's definitely a possibility here and you know they're dribbling out as they want to with the details matt mallory here married with a child where's that story gonna go it is interesting you go out and get renee elise goldsberry who i know is not the biggest star ever and you know you you see her fame through the you know the somewhat more recent hamilton on disney plus you know uh colored glasses and so forth but i feel like she somehow is a bit underused even in this episode where she is ostensibly the co-star of her own storyline here hey the fantastic mallory backstory is something shared in passing where she gets to be proud that she keeps these things from co-workers because that's a that's a character affect right that she's so tough people don't really know her that's a that that's something for good acting right jackson you're already badgering the witness well what do you want me to give him a testimonial dinner let's check to see what others thought of this episode pete we start with our Twitter poll, uh, where people were going to sound off as follows. If you went to a superhero wedding, which part would you enjoy the most? Pete, the ceremony got 20%. The cocktail hour got 32.5%. That's going to be your single biggest category. The dinner, 22.5%. And then, Pete, later that night, winky emoji. Who typed that? 25%. Some comments here. First one from Noel Gardner at Noel Camille. The way this show is perfectly trolling leakers and fake scoops is fantastic. An inconvenient wedding episode when everyone thought we were getting Daredevil? Perfect. I do need more of Titania's backstory. P.S. Who caught the Jurassic Park reference? Uh, and Spider-Ham Lincoln wonders if it's the old, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, you didn't say the magic word. And Noel confirms <laughs> that was there. Pete, Pete, where was that? I'm not sure. Oh, we'll go back and, uh, go back and, uh, 
take a peek there. We hear next from Bob Keeley. It's at R. Keeley on Twitter. Another fun episode. This one, though, made references to many of the threads that are in various plots so far. But I'm still looking forward to the overall story. Uh, I'm still looking for the overall story, Bob says. I'm enjoying each episode more than the larger arc up uh, to this point. Back to Spider-Ham Lincoln we go. This latest uh, episode of Just Jen was more enjoyable for me than the previous two. I like the dichotomy of Jen's two personas and how she had to adapt to different socially awkward situations at the wedding. The Mr. Immortal subplot was fun. I still have the comic in which he was introduced as a member of the Great Lakes Avengers back in 89. Nice. And we, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that. That's a cut I did not, a, a deep cut I did not uh, get there. Uh, he says we got another episode with the mid-credits scene occurring before the credits rolled. No big deal. Who wants She-Hulk's blood? The plot thickens. And Pete even included a picture, I believe it's from his collection here, uh, of the West Coast Avengers uh, number 46. So there you go. Next tweet here comes from J Philly B4 Fandom, who says, Is Intelligentsia the same group trying to get Jennifer's blood, or is that just what we're supposed to think? Either way, Todd is definitely involved, and maybe Josh. I don't trust that guy. Pete, my take was Intelligentsia is the 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 Reddit, the quasi 4chan, that kind of thing, and this group. Yeah, it's definitely reminiscent on the screen of a Reddit, you know, down to the you know format, and but I think really from a a perspective of our world much more of a 4chan like a harder edge there's things on there you know the the good redditors out there would never stand for next up we hear from tweeter at law kclyle1 on twitter finally wedding fight great episode it was painful watching jen get dumped on but great to watch her come back from it I want to believe Josh is a good guy, but I don't trust him. Prove me wrong, Josh. Nikki is really becoming one of my favorite characters. She has great chemistry with everyone, and the Immortal Man story was a hoot. As always, Mazlani is amazing, but I think there was a real missed opportunity not seeing her walk down the aisle with Jonathan. Uh, Pete, that probably was cut for being too costly. That would be my guess. Right. Um, but back to uh, Tweeter at Law's words here. But once again, no Daredevil. Too few episodes left, but I'll be there for all of them. Next, Nathan Nolan Edwards, at Nolan Edwards on Twitter. I feel like there is more to Titania than they are letting us see. Uh, I imagine this season finale is going to be incredibly satisfying and will make the inconvenient wedding episode make more sense. Pete, let me build on that and, and ask you, do you think that the finale is, is substantially larger than a 30-minute episode? uh substantially no okay uh time will tell uh, next up we hear from uh at bike brh on twitter um wow i'm not sure what to say this was okay and had some fun moments and maslani is a hilarious drunk actor but to be honest i think this show has not escaped the marvel mid-season slump after thinking about it more, I'm not really sure what they're doing with Jamila Jamil. Are they really hiring her to just get repeatedly uh, be clowned by She-Hulk? Do they really need someone on her level for that? Uh, Pete, we've discussed that too. Like Jamila Jamil and maybe Renee Elise Goldsberry, both a bit bigger than their parts. Um, I don't know if that's just 
because Marvel can get them or if that's a because in the remaining episodes it's going to be fantastic. What do you say? I think the mix that they have going that you have this faceless threat against her to attempt to get her blood and, you know, possibly imbue others with her powers, um, you know, that you don't have somebody directly assigned to at this point. I, I think it doesn't overshadow the other performers. You know, Titania is a comic foil. This is not somebody that's on Jen's level. Um, and what does she do? She shows her for the fool that she is this episode, you know, down to the uh, artist rendering in the credits of her taking a selfie when she's getting her veneers fixed. Back to Twitter, we hear from David Siller at Siller David Poet. Uh, in the same way, WandaVision seamlessly and knowingly played with tropes and styles from TV history. She-Hulk is brilliantly playing with its awareness of the audience and its expectations and behavior. From its trolling of the trolls, deft fourth wall breaks, to this episode's inconvenient wedding storyline and the voicemail to Bruce, the show is smartly playing with us, teasing out story threads and moments like surprising us with the unexpected all along the way. I suspect, like WandaVision, things will all come together in a glorious, shulky, smashing fashion. We'll get more cameos, including <laughs> Daredevil, uh, and teases for what comes after. The show continues to entertain and do exactly what it's supposed to do. Get us excited about what's next. Fantastic. I think there, there's truth there, and I agree with that sentiment entirely. I will point out, I do tire a little bit of, you know, we're at a point in a Marvel story where you know david is absolutely right this is the point where they start to show us stuff to keep us interested for the future so like not getting daredevil this week is also a way to get us excited for echo and who knows who's going to show up next week that might give little hints towards secret evasion or references to wakanda like on the one hand that's fun on the flip side you know i'm okay having some she-hulk in my she-hulk yeah, and I don't think it needs to overpower it, that it can be its own thing and, you know, just just let the story unfold. Like, everybody's in such a rush. We've moved away from the drop-all-at-once, you know, format with so many streamers, and, you know, Disney's made this a appointment television and you want to watch it as soon as possible, but the whole story doesn't need to be clear all at once. Otherwise, like, yeah, why would you? Last tweet, Pete, comes from Jeff underscore booth 26, who says, show us Daredevil, you cowards. <laughs> Time will tell. Well, Matt, on that, we have uh, a review left to the She-Hulk podcast by Fantastic Geek on Apple Podcasts by mad tab it's uh titled my fave recaps of anything marvel five stars and it says i love that the audio clips between segments are the same as another marvel lawyer show from a few years back daredevil you guys make me smile and i'm looking forward to seeing charlie cox soon smile emoji 
Uh, I am tickled pink that somebody made the connection there. Yeah, it's the same. Uh, it's the same stuff as our Daredevil podcast, and that's on purpose. Thanks, lawyer shows. No cap, as the kids say, Matt. Uh, we're we're finalizing our Andor segments and everything for tomorrow's podcast, and you know we we bounce a lot of stuff off each other, and you know. Um, and have a lot of fun. And I'm always super impressed with what, uh, Matt's able to do. Um, so yeah, that we reached back for it. We, we just felt it was, you know, too perfect of an homage that we had to do that. And, you know, super thrilled that longtime listeners are not like, Oh, they, they checked out and recycled the daredevil podcast. No, we, we, you know, are lovingly referencing it. We checked in. Pete, checking the email inbox here. We hear from Stacy, who says, Hi, Matt and Pete. Just two words for this week's episode. Wedding fight. Great episode. <laughs> Looking forward to your thoughts. Ha ha. As if I could keep myself to just two words. This show is such a delight. I can't figure out how each episode is funnier than the one before. But whatever magic they're wielding, I'm here for it. Loved the contained wedding episode at the most inconvenient time, fourth wall break. And the whole wedding was perfectly cringy. From the mean girl who peaked in high school uh, and have nothing interesting to talk about, to Ched being the DJ, to that awful invite slash request to be a bridesmaid that left glitter all over Jen's living room, to Jonathan turning out to be a dog. Except it isn't just a wedding episode. Nikki and Mallory dealing with Mr. Immortal and his multiple marital shenanigans was just as delightful as the wedding. Uh, their dynamic was fantastic, and Mallory gives Nikki free reign to come in with creative solutions for restitution for all the wind widows slash ex-wives. Uh, was great on so many levels. I want to mention the ex-husband too, of course. Uh, but back to Stacy's words once again: two minor disappointments. I know Jen's dresses looking great on She-Hulk, then too big for Jen was supposed to be funny, but wasn't Luke making her outfits? Uh, that could work for either body. Uh, and another week with no tag scene. Can't wait to see what's next. And always looking forward to your thoughts. That's from Stacy, aka Stingray, aka Trek Girl 88. Pete, on the dress issue, I'll offer up at least a couple observations. One is I don't think the bridesmaid's dress was supposed to. Was, was not. And I, yeah. I think, like I mentioned in the recap, all right, you know, they, they thought the, at least the possibility this public person who is also a hulk is going to wear this maybe it should be slightly bigger not knowing that uh lulu would put the kibosh on uh she hulk at the reception um the uh the rehearsal uh dinner dress i think had a little bit of a flex type of thing it didn't look obnoxiously big on her we're meant to notice it you know and i don't have the eye as a costumer to know what's what but i think they nailed it in terms of all right it looks stretchy enough fabric everybody loved it on she hulk okay she's gotta uh you know shrink down with it on yet still wear it and it can't be you know dragging on the floor and it, it was cute yeah i would agree to my eyes the the rehearsal dinner dress looked kind of stylishly overfloweth, like stylishly, I don't want to say too big. It looked like it was extra cloth to make a 
uh, a statement as opposed to uh, you know what we've seen in terms of the the pantsuits that are big and bulky and clearly not meant for a gen sized person. But Pete, surely it's impossible to always find a one size fits all solution. Not if you get yourself to patreon.com slash fantastic geek. Uh, everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content, all sorts of levels to contribute at. Just takes a dollar a month to get you behind that door. Can't contribute now? Be like Mad Tav. Get yourself over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating on any of our 32 podcast feeds. So proud to be listener supported, uh, particularly as we're ramping into these uh, this next month of three a weekend podcasts and so forth. So it, it does mean so much. Pete, let's keep the podcast conversation going. How can people be in touch with you to talk about She-Hulk and the MCU? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,726 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do me touch the podcast comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with a PH, all one word, like it today. If you're listening on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, Pete, I don't know if this is ever going to happen again. Okay, we have this episode talking three Andors tomorrow and then Lower Decks on Sunday. So in total, five episodes of discussion, albeit across three podcast episodes and three podcast titles. That happening this weekend on the Pop Culture Podcast feed. If you're here just for She-Hulk, we're back next She-Hulk Friday to talk episode 107. With that, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. Okay, I see the chit-chat is over. <laughs>